I'm Brianna. I'm Sarah. And we are the, the Squad, Squad Ghouls. Just a couple of creepy gals that love creepy things. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I'm enjoying this weather. Me too. I know that. The it- darker and stuff yeah <laughs> well, i was gonna say i was trying to think of another i, I guess oh, i'll say the darker the gloomier the better that's yes that's very true yes <laughs> and it hasn't been i mean in comparison to last weekend when it was oh. dreadfully hot yeah uh it's actually been nice and cool i, I mean, appreciate it yeah i'm appreciating it i know um if we have any listeners uh in colorado you guys had some fun you guys had snow last week <laughs> From going to like really, 90? really hot to 30 degrees? Yeah, to snow. <laughs> 90 to 30 in in a day. Man, that's a that's a shock. That's crazy town, Colorado. Yeah. <laughs> uh well, Sarah, I have a joke for you. Okay. Okay. What did the witch say to her new husband? I don't know. What did she say? Take a good look. It's the only time you'll see me holding a broom. <laughs> Oh, Evey. Oh, Evey. That's me. Uh, I have one for you, too. Okay. It's also a witch joke, but it's like more for kids. I should have saved this for our kid Halloween episode. Oh. Whoops. Here we are. (laughs) What do you call a witch with chicken pox? I don't know. What do you call them? An itchy witchy. (laughs) Oh, that's great. It would have been better for the kids because I could see kids like uh, the kids of our friends going, ah, it's funny. But actually, maybe they probably won't. And then here I am with trying to do more adult jokes. (laughs) (laughs) Way off. (laughs) Gosh. Um, Should we get into booze news? Yes. Booze news. Booze news. So after going for what feels like 200 years... (laughs) Right up there with keeping up with the Kartrashians. Oh, God. <laughs> the Walking Dead will end in 2022 with its final season. I mean, I feel like this should have happened a long time ago. You know, I I love um, I love a good zombie movie and such mm-hmm. and, and zombie shows. Uh, but uh, unpopular opinion, I just couldn't really get into The Walking Dead. I, I, I tried. After a while, I, I just, it lost me a little bit. And that's what I hear from um, a lot of friends that are diehard Walking Dead fans is just mm-hmm. that it it went on very long and it was very, it, it started to get very contrived. Yeah. And it really lost its way. So it's just like when I go into the attraction at Universal, it's just not scary anymore. No, it's not. <laughs> and, and you know, I wish that for um, Halloween Horror Nights, because it's it's obviously billed as one of the events for Halloween Horror Nights, even though it's there all year round. Right. I wish that they would do something different and special for Halloween Horror Nights. I mean, this year Agreed. it obviously doesn't matter because right. nothing's happening this year. But, you know. Right. Yep. But uh, season 11 is going to span two years and 24 episodes, which this is so wow. reminiscent for me of all of Cher's fa- farewell tours. <laughs> all nine of them. Oh, my God. Yeah. Um, just keep coming back. Right. My farewell tour. Just kidding. I'm coming back for another farewell tour. Oh, oh third time's a charm. And here we are at 67. So <laughs> it, it kind of reminded me of that a lot when I read this. Um, and then the previously announced six extra season 10 episodes are being scheduled for early next year in 2021. So there's a total of 30 episodes that remain in the Walking Dead series. 
Interesting. And, yeah. And also, there has been a spinoff that was greenlit focusing on the characters of Daryl Dixon and Carol Pelletier. Is that how you say her name? I don't know. I know. Yes. Okay. Um, yep. And that will premiere in 2023. I'm not surprised that they're getting a spinoff show. Yeah. But I don't know how I feel about watching it, though. I yeah. I don't know. I'll give it a shot yeah. and, and see. But if it's... I, I made it through most of season one. And I just couldn't, I couldn't couldn't get into it. I got pretty far. I'd say like, I went maybe like five. Oh yeah. Season five, six, Mm -hmm. maybe. And then that's where it just lost me. Yeah. Because a lot of, some of my favorite characters were dying off. So I'm just like, okay, I'm good. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, I know they eventually were probably going to get caught and catch the zombie virus and all that, but Mm -hmm. still. Anyway. Yeah. Well, farewell. Goodbye. <laughs> Just like the Kardashians. <laughs> Bye, Felicia. You know, uh, it's not 2020 until you get some news like that. Right. <laughs> I'm like, okay, at least there's one thing that didn't survive 2020 that I'm not sad about. And that's, right. And that's the Kardashians. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> oh. God, so many things mm-hmm. uh some other news the original friday the 13th film has been newly remastered in preparation for theatrical re-release in october Ooh. yeah paramount and fathom events are celebrating the 40th anniversary of friday the 13th and it will be coming to select theaters and i'm assuming theaters and drive-ins mm-hmm. uh nationwide on october 4th and october 7th and i think that there are some part and, and uh international listeners please let us know what your cinematic experience currently is because at least in california movie theaters are still closed yes um and i'm sure that in other states there have been other social distancing requirements and such but not sure if any of them are, are open or not i can only speak to the state that i live in right. <laughs> um but yeah we'd love to know what the what the sitch is for our international listeners yes and uh, other exciting news, Nerds Unite. I'm so excited for this. When I saw that this it popped up on my computer, oh, release. I was like, yay. The <laughs> official trailer for Dune has been released. I am so excited. Yay. So there was a, a mini series that had, um, oh, who was the guy that was in the movie with the it had the gal from sorry it had sarah paulson in it and then samuel l jackson he plays the guy with multiple personalities oh um oh it starts with an s oh um whoever's listening is uh whoever's i I know that our listeners james james mcavoy yes our listeners were all screaming at us james mcavoy and the movie was split right yes yes split you are correct i took a minute i knew it started with an s um so james mcavoy i believe was the one that was in the mini series that i think premiered on sci-fi but uh now we are moving to a theatrical release. So Woo-hoo. obviously Dune is based on the 1965 novel of the same name by Frank Herbert. If you haven't read it, you really should. It's phenomenal. Yes. It's an amazing sci-fi it's been a fantasy while story. Since I, I've read it. Oh, it's so good. I loved it. <laughs> um, so the film actually has a huge yeah. cast. Like I don't even want to know what the payroll was. I don't either. Because there's for a this lot cast. of people a in lo- here. A lot of big names. So Timothy Chalamet. Rebecca Ferguson, Oscar Isaac, Josh Brolin, 
Uh, Stellan Skarsgård, Josh, uh, I have Josh Brolin twice because I really liked him, apparently. Uh, Dave Bautista, Zendaya, Jason Momoa, and Javier Bardem. I mean... That's a big cast. That's 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 pretty good. That's a really big cast. I feel like there's going to be some other surprises, too. I suspect you are correct. Yeah. But I, I cannot wait for this to come out. And I know. It's going to be so good. It's gonna, And the trailer is really good. If you have not seen it yet. Watch it. Yeah. Do yourself it's, a favor. It's very cool. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, well, Netflix is celebrating Halloween. Um, and they're releasing a whole massive Netflix and Chills lineup. Um, so they've loaded up a whole like brand new like horror offerings. That's really cute. Netflix and Chills. Yeah. Oh, Netflix and chills. Good marketing. I work in marketing. I'm a sucker for good marketing. (laughs) So there's a lot coming, even the new episodes of um, Unsolved Mysteries. So I know a lot of people are excited about that. So I'll just name a few and then like just people who are in it, like, you know, if it kind of stands out. Um, But uh, streaming right now uh, is a movie called Hashtag Live. And then The Babysitter, Killer Queen. I don't know if you saw the first Babysitter. It was kind of like a little kooky uh horror uh movie i think it came out last year no on netflix um it was actually pretty i mean i i laughed i i don't think it was scary but you know watch it but yeah i thought it was cool so they made a second one um and then coming later um we have a movie called the paramedic from spain and then on october 2nd we have the binding with mia maestro and also coming out that same day vampires versus the bronx which I think is hilarious, oh. <laughs> but it stars Method Man, Chris Red, and uh, Zoe Zaldana. Wow! And then on uh, Method Man, I know. <laughs> What's that guy been doing? Apparently, making uh, horror movies for Netflix. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then on October seventh, released is uh, Hubie Halloween. It's the other movie that um, Adam Sandler has created for Netflix. Jeez. Oh, I saw the trailer, and I will say this. If you look in the first two seconds, you can see an album of the wall from my grandfather. Oh, yeah? I I just want to point that out. (laughs) I thought that was cool. But anyway, so um, basically it's Adam Sandler saving the town from some spooky spirit that's happening. But this has a pretty good cast, too. Sounds like the Goosebumps movie. Yeah, basically. This has been done. (laughs) Basically, Goosebumps movie, but with Adam Sandler and all his friends. And all of Adam Sandler's friends. Yeah, so Kevin James, Julie Bowen, Ray Liotta, Rob Schneider. Wait, Ray Liotta? Yes. Okay, it might be all right. (laughs) Uh, Rob Schneider, June Squibb, Kenan Thompson, Shaquille O'Neal, Michael Chiklis. Shaq will do anything (laughs) these days. There's so many people in this movie. He's doing the general commercials. He's a DJ. I know. He's, I mean, he ain't got nothing else to do. He's retired. So. Gosh, he's, and there's, I mean, brilliant guy. He's yeah. like, yeah, what do you want me to do? I'll do it. Done. <laughs> and I like the roles that he gets in Adam Sandler's movies. I think they're funny. Oh, Shaq. <laughs> but um, uh, Tim Meadows, uh, Karen Barr, uh, George Wallace, Noah Schapp, Paris, uh, Berelic, China Ann McLean, and Steve Buscemi and Maya Rudolph. Of course, it's got Steve Buscemi in it. Yeah, I, I like that Maya Rudolph's in it. I like mm-hmm. to see her. <laughs> um, also coming is uh, a Babysitter's Guide to Monster Hunting, mm-hmm. uh, based on the book, mm-hmm. and then Rebecca. Did you read it yet? I'm not done. Okay, because we're reading so the good. other book, yes. so <laughs> I had to stop okay. and you know. Well, when you're done reading it, let me know what you think because yes, I loved it. I'm, I'm trying to finish it before it comes out. Okay. <laughs> 
<laughs> um, and then also coming is Cadaver from Norway. Mm-hmm. Nobody Sleeps in the Woods Tonight, also from Norway. Good job, uh, Norway. Yeah, they're doing good. And then on uh, October 30th, His House, uh, The Day of the Lord from Mexico. Ooh. Yeah, so we got some got some stuff to watch. Good job, Netflix. You're stepping it up. I like this. Netflix mm-hmm. and chills. It's cute. <laughs> Um, and then also, last bit of news we have today, Disney is currently trying to figure out how to handle some of the R-rated franchise the, they, that they have acquired from 20th Century Fox. Oh, oh, that's right. Yeah. Forgot about that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, Disney just will buy anything. They're, well, I mean, they're smart. Yeah, because Star, <laughs> Star Wars, basically, they paid off George Lucas after one movie. Basically. Um, so that was smart. And then, obviously, the Marvel movies all make gobs and gobs of money. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, Disney's buying everything. It's yep. bonkers. Um, so for today, the Conjuring screenwriters, Chad and Carrie Hayes, say they pl- their planned prequel to The Omen may be going into production. Oh, I don't know how I feel about this. Mm. Um, the brothers tell comicbooks.com we did the prequel to The Omen, which is also sitting over at Fox, that rumor has it, is going into production. So we'll see what happens. We get to tell you where Damien came from. It was really fun. So here's my question. Hmm. How are we going to do a prequel of The Omen? Because The Omen is basically where Damien came from. Right. So what's the prequel going to be? Yeah. Hmm. Like him chilling in his mom's stomach i mean is or maybe that... other events before it was like preordained maybe I, that doesn't make sense either never mind i don't know like i, I was just... trying to make sense of it because well, <laughs> it didn't whole, work out well, the whole story is him <laughs> him you know from birth right to at, at least the first movie and then you know the third omen has the guy that played was it no 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 it was sam o'neill sam o'neill plays um adult damien in the third one but you know then there was obviously the second one when he's in school but the very first one is him as a child right. so i yeah. don't know well we'll see we'll see where this goes hopefully it's good mm-hmm. <laughs> um and then uh moving on i'm just highlighting some really great organizations to follow and possibly donate I mean, I know we are all spending our money on uh, that pumpkin. Pumpkin spice everything. Yeah. <laughs> pumpkin cold cold brew. <gasps> that reminds me, I didn't give you one of those pumpkin cookies that I got at Sprouts. What, bef- after we're done with this episode, I need to go give you a cookie. How dare you? No, I'm kidding. They're so delicious. <laughs> Lord knows I probably don't need it. <laughs> but, they're, but they're tiny. They're tiny okay. and they're actually not that bad for you. So if you only eat like one or two, you're fine. Okay. A ser- one serving is five. <laughs> Well, well, when you're not trying to spend all your money and give it to Starbucks, here is another organization that you can help out. Um, and it's called To Write Love on Her Arms. I really like them. Yeah. And our friend, shout out to our gal pal, Alex Windsor. She yes. actually donated for, I think it was for her 27th birthday. So yeah, this was a few years ago. Yeah. Mm-hmm. She did a she, she did a, one of the Facebook charity fundraisers for yes, for and I know this week was the uh, suicide prevention week. Yes, so that's why I kind of picked a couple just to highlight some really good organizations for that. Um, but they are a nonprofit movement with the mission to present hope and find help for people who are struggling with depression, self injury, addiction, and suicide. Um, the founder uh, Jamie Twerkowski. That was good. I think I said it right. <laughs> um, he actually didn't really start out 
to make this uh, organization. Um, basically, he all he wanted to do was like help a friend and tell the story. Um, and so Jamie met Renee uh, Yo. And uh, she was struggling with um, addiction, uh, depression, self-injury, and suicidal thoughts. Uh, He wrote about the five days that he spent with her before she entered a treatment center. Um, He sold t-shirts to help cover the costs. And when she entered uh, treatment, he posted the story on MySpace to kind of give it a home. Oh, good old MySpace. Yeah, I know. Is it still around? I I don't know, but I think... (laughs) I'm sure Tom's still living off of uh, his royalty checks. Right. (laughs) Um, And so... he posted the story and the story was called to write love on her arms and so the words um and the life it represented shed light on real on the reality of contrast pain and peace addiction and sobriety regret and freedom and soon jamie and his friends were answering messages from people around the world um and uh, they longed to lift the heavy weight of depression they wanted to be free from addiction or self-injury to stay alive and to live fully um, and then also they were talking about, you know, mourning the ones that they lost from this. So basically, they, you know, they're reaching out to bring hope to, you know, the community and to write love on our arms was created. So it's it's such a great organization and offering a lot of support, you know, for people who are struggling. So please check them out. Um, they have a website. They also have a Facebook and Instagram and Twitter. Aww. So please help support. Everybody, Aww. everybody needs a hug. Aww. But yeah, so this week we are talking about haunted universities Woo-woo. and a uh, shot at shop. I can't even talk. Shout out <laughs> to our uh, roller derby teammate, Zigzag. Yeah. For uh, bringing this up to us. It's a great topic. And I will let you know that I totally went down the rabbit hole on one. (laughs) On my alma mater. But it, you know, it was necessary, though. Mm -hmm. Just a little bit. Yep. So, yeah. So which one? Do you want me to start first? Sure. Okay. Should I go down my rabbit hole first? Yes, but <laughs> we'll try to we'll try to keep the rabbit hole. Yeah, yeah, no, of course. No, well, I'll start with the hours. shorter one first. I'm gonna start with the shorter one. Um there is a lot of haunted universities. I just want to point that out. Oh yeah. And but we'll, I think it's we'll just because probably, they're so old. <laughs> well, we'll probably have to make this a yeah. recurring yes. episode. Yeah, which I, I like. Mm-hmm. There's there's a lot of uh, creepy universities out oh, there. Oh yeah, I was even like actually this kind of like opened up to. I started hitting up um, college uh, roommates of mine, and I was like, "Do we experience anything spooky?" Oh yeah. I mean, honestly, the only thing I experienced that was spooky was um, watching a friend that was um, in the. Uh, she lived across the hall from me. And I took her to the the hospital when she, her water broke because mm-hmm. she was pregnant. And I saw her give birth on all fours. That was the spookiest thing I've seen. That's crazy. <laughs> like on the floor. <laughs> That's crazy. So um, I don't know if anybody else experienced that, but that was, it was very scary. That's real crazy. <laughs> but uh, the first one I picked is uh, Penn State University. Whoop whoop. Yeah. Penn State. <laughs> Apparently, just in general, any Penn State building is just, it's all haunted. You mean like Pennhurst? 
Yep. Anything starting with pen. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> so I found when I was um, all in all through the interwebs mm-hmm. researching. <laughs> Uh, but just a little background. Uh, so Penn State or PSU, <laughs> um, it was a um, state-related, uh, la- uh, sorry, state-related land-grant research university with campuses and facilities throughout Pennsylvania. It was founded in 1855, hence probably why it is so haunted, because <laughs> it is so old. <laughs> Um, uh, its instructional mission, uh, includes, uh, undergraduate, graduate, professional, and continuing education offered through, uh, resident instruction and online, which is very nice. And, um, uh, sources pretty much everywhere, um, have referred to Penn State as one of the country's most haunted college campuses. I'm pretty sure there's different college campuses that will probably fight this statement. Well, and I think that any, <laughs> any, I think every student or every college campus has some sort of yeah. either, you know, some sort of sordid history, whether it's true or false. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot, you'll find a ton of students on every campus that have stories. Everybody thinks that their college is haunted. Yeah. I mean, there are some that I've read for this one that are like pretty creepy, mm-hmm. but they said like, mostly like the ghosts they see they're not like mean ghosts they kind of just you know they're like hi and then they leave mm-hmm. <laughs> whereas like there are some uh for this particular place um where really bad things happen and maybe the ghosts aren't so happy but so one of the buildings on campus is the that's haunted is the old botany building um, and as students make their routine walks to and from the library or the Willard building, they often uh, fail to notice the old red uh, building that they pass numerous, time, numerous times during the week. Um, the old botany building is actually, like, there's lots and lots of history, um, but it houses uh, one of Penn State's uh, ghostly friends. <laughs> um, most well-known ghost is of... Frances Atherton, the wife of the former university president, George Atherton. And the legend goes that if you pass by the building and look into the uppermost window, you can see the figure of a woman peering out of the glass and across the street. Uh, Supposedly, this apparition is um, Atherton's wife uh, keeping watch over the former president's grave. Sorry, I made the notes. Oh, no, no, it's okay. (laughs) I was like, where, where did it go? <laughs> Sorry. I had, to, I had to fix something. But anyway, so um, they say like if you, uh, if you're walking uh, late night down uh, Pollock Road, um, you may get that feeling that you're not alone. Somebody's watching. Mm. I always feel like somebody's watching me. Yeah, I always do. Anyway. Need my privacy. <laughs> Um, another haunted location on campus is the Patty Stacks. What's what, that? Well, it's the stacks that's in the library, in the Patty Library. Library? Yes. Did and you call it a library? Li- <laughs> <laughs> I swear I can talk. <laughs> the library. Those berries that tell all their untruths. <laughs> You know me and my little slang, the, the, the library. <laughs> I don't know. 
<laughs> anyway, so the stacks are in the Patty Library. And it's home to uh, one of the most mysterious murders in history. Um, I mean, there's tons. Don Benny Ramsey? Ton- right. <laughs> too soon? Yeah. Uh, no, not too soon. <laughs> nope. Not at all. We got to make that an episode too. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> um, so on November 28th, 1969, graduate student Betsy Ardsma. That's a cool name. Yeah was writing a paper in the stacks when she was stabbed from behind and killed. Authorities never discovered the identity of the killer, but shortly after the murder, two men left the library and and warned the desk clerk that they should go help a girl. The murder baffled police because of the lack of very much blood, as well as the fact that there were no signs of any visible struggle. So to this day, much of Ardsma's death remains a mystery. Uh, Students often report feeling random drops of temperature, witnessing objects move from their place, and spotting apparitions that clearly aren't those of other studying students. Um, One student even reported feeling hands grip her neck during a visit to the stacks. So yeah, and pretty much students try to not go in that area and... um, Use it as a study spot, um, especially when the sun goes down. Neek. That's creepy. Neek. Very, very creepy. Uh, so another location is the Schwab Auditorium. And um, plenty of Penn Staters attend events at the Schwab Auditorium, whether it be a panel discussion for a class or a dance performance. Uh, but few of these students know that the auditorium is also one of Penn State's most renowned paranormal hotspots. So a lot of people have been here checking this place out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and uh, ghostly presences such as that of a janitor, an unknown female, and a young boy, and even Charles Schwab himself. Ooh. That's pretty cool. Mm. <laughs> so supposedly they're walking around the auditorium, just, you know, hanging out and creeping people out. <laughs> um, and, and in fact, according to a post by the blog Pennsylvania Haunts and History, uh, theater seats even go down as if there is a person sitting in them. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, workers are often afraid to be left alone in the building late at night um, because, you know, they're pretty sure there's other people there. Ooh. It's Charles Schwab checking out his building. Ooh. <laughs> um, also, there is a trail. It's called the Ghost Walk. <laughs> um, I don't know why anybody would probably want to go down this trail if it's named that. Um, it doesn't longer. Uh, it no longer exists, but it's. Um, one of the legends, it lies on an old secluded path known as the Ghost Walk, and the path once spanned from the old Botany Building all the way up through the far northern parts of the campus near Park Avenue. And um, students use this uh, used to use this path to go on romantic walks Aww. with their significant others, yeah. or to hide from the school's authority figures. I when, mean, when they wanted to cause mischief. That would have been me. Yeah. <laughs> But uh, according to an old legend, the path took a darker turn when a student got lost during a blizzard in the 1860s and froze to death while trying to find his way out. 
Yeah, and then shortly after the alleged incident, incident uh, reports of apparitions began to circulate around campus, um, ghostly figures and strange noises uh, when, you know, no one else is around, you know, seem to haunt kind of the area of the ghost walk. Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> and then lastly, another area on campus is called Old Coley. <laughs> Ooh. Old what? Old Coley. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yep. It's interesting. <laughs> but it's one of the uh, oldest uh, ghost stories that revolves around uh, Penn State. Um, and basically, it's a pack mule that came to campus in 1857 to assist in building the original old main building. Um, and even after the job was complete, Penn State purchased Old Coley and uh, decided to let him reside on campus farm and uh, the old main lawn. Uh, the mule was even dubbed the universe, the university's original mascot before the, the Nittany lion. Mm. Interesting. <laughs> the mule passed away in, uh, 1893 after over 30 years of serving on campus. Uh, students now can even lay their eyes on old Coley himself. His skeleton is currently on display on the first floor of the hub. Um, and it's a little, it's a little bit, uh, creepy. They, Say so they can definitely uh, hear like the ghost of the mule just kind of walking around campus. That's creepy. Yeah, I mean, but his bones are like right there, so creepy. <laughs> and uh, that's Penn State University. Ooh, Penn State. So creepy. Mm-hmm. The murder one—that's creepiest. And it's a cool looking school yeah, too. It really it's a is. really cool looking school. A lot of famous people went there too. Oh yeah, it was big, big on the East Coast. Mm-hmm. So the first one that I picked was Heidelberg University Ooh. over in Germany. Oh, I saw this one too. Shout out to our listeners in Germany. Yeah. Um, and also, if you have stories to our listeners in Germany, if you went here or if you know someone that went here and you have stories, please share them. We would love to hear them. Yeah. Even Penn State. If we have any listeners that went to Penn State or are currently attending. Yeah. Please let us know. Share your creepy experiences. <laughs> um, so Heidelberg University is officially called the Ruprecht Karl University of Heidelberg. Oh. Um, and it is a public research university in the town of Heidelberg, Germany. So this is a super, super old school. Not old school, but old school (laughs) Um, it was originally founded in 1386 on the instruction of then pope urban the sixth and it is heidelberg or heidelberg is germany's oldest university and it's one of the world's oldest surviving universities and it was only the third that was established during the holy roman empire so This particular school has a very long history stemming from the late Middle Ages, obviously through the Reformation, and then moving into World War II, which is actually the piece that I want to talk about the most, because that's where the the hauntings and the ghosts are really kind of stemming from. So a couple of other fun facts. It's been a co-ed school since 1899. It's kind of crazy to think that, well, I mean, in the U.S., it's... Oh. Also, not a lot of co-ed schools for a very long time. But yeah. Germany, shocker, you're ahead of the game. <laughs> We're still trailing behind. Right. Um, and then also, fun fact, there's another Heidelberg University that's here in the States in Ohio. 
Oh. So not to be confused. There are oh. there are two different Heidelbergs. Okay. This one's the way older one. So the university itself consists of 12 faculties and offers degree programs at undergraduate, graduate, and postdoctoral levels in more than 100 disciplines. That's so many. Wow. So many. That is a lot. Yeah. So it comprises three major campuses. There's a humanities campus that are predominantly located in Heidelberg's Old Town, natural sciences and medicine in the Neuenheimer Field Quarter, and the social sciences within the inner city suburb of Bergheim. Interesting. Mm. Um, and then language of instruction is typically German, not surprising. Um, while there are a considerable number of graduate degrees that are offered in English as well as some in French. Oh. Oui, oui. <laughs> um, and some other fun facts about the university. So as of 2017, 29 Nobel Prize winners have been affiliated with it. Oh. Modern scientific psychiatry. Uh, psychopharmacology, psychiatric genetics, environmental physics, and modern sociology were introduced as scientific disciplines by Heidelberg faculty. Ooh, That's science. crazy. I know. <laughs> science. Um, so approximately 1,000 doctorates are completed every year. That's a lot. Yeah. <laughs> That's so much schooling. Yeah. Jeez. Um, yeah. With more than one third of the doctoral students coming from abroad. So international students from some 130 countries account for more than 20% of the entire student body. Wow. That's crazy cool. Yeah. Um, and then Heidelberg is a German excellence university, part of the U15, as well as a founding member of the League of European Research Universities and the Coimbra Group. The university's noted alumni even include domestic and foreign heads of state of government. Um, in international comparison, Heidelberg o occupies top positions and rankings and also has a very stellar academic reputation. So, as I mentioned, has a lot of history going from the late Middle Ages and then obviously through the Reformation, particularly with Martin Luther oh. and moving forward into the early 20th century. So, this is the piece where things start getting creepy and where it... Yeah. gets mega haunted give me all the creepy well it's sad it's oh, real sad because oh, okay. never mind because you know what happened in germany in the 1930s oh yeah mm -hmm. never mind so with <laughs> with the advent of the third reich in 1933 the university supported the nazi party oh. like all other german universities at the time okay um oh, man. well yeah you never know what you'll and I'm not, I'm not condoning this at all, but you never know what you'll be forced to do or what you will resort to doing when you have to stare survival in the face. It's it's yes. awful, 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 awful. And yeah, horrible time in in the world. And it's just it breaks my heart that it breaks my heart that it, it, people were put into this position and that so many people. Yeah, it's terrible. But yeah. also, side note, um, read the book, if you haven't already, called Killing and Seducing Nazis, which is the story of Hani Schaff and a few of, and um, two of her sisters, Truce and, and well, I forgot the other gal's name. But basically, these young women were, they were Dutch women who wanted to help fight with the resistance, but they were women 
and you couldn't. So they would hang out in bars that German officers would occupy and they would lure them into the woods and kill them. Oh, it's it's an incredible true story. Incredible true story. So with all of these, with people being forced to support parties that they normally wouldn't, you also end up with incredible stories like these women that went, you know what? Hell no, this is not going to stand. I'm going to do my part. Whether you'll allow me to fight or not, I'm going to do my part to be part of the resistance. Wow. Incredible story. Anyway, I digress. Um, so with the advent of the Third Reich, the university was supposed was uh, supported the Nazi party. It dismissed a large number of staff and students for political and racial reasons. Cough, cough. If you were Romani, also known as gypsies, which I hate that term. Yeah. Um, if you were Romani or obviously Jewish or handicapped in some way you were dismissed Um, many dissident followers had to immigrate and most jewish and communist professors that did not leave germany were deported Um, at least two professors directly fell victim to nazi terror so Mm. on may on the 17th of may in 1933 members of the university faculty and students took part in book burnings at university square it's awful Um, and heidelberg eventually became infamous as a as an nscap university very very sad mm-hmm. yeah um so the inscription above the main entrance of the new university was changed from the living spirit to the german spirit oh, and many professors paid homage to the new motto the and the university was involved in several nazi eugenics experiments including forced sterilizations that were carried out at a oh. women's clinic and the psychiatric clinic oh boy yeah um and it was then directed by Carl Schneider, who was involved in the Action T4 Euthanasia Program. Mm-hmm. Super sad. Wow. Um, so, as I mentioned, the heads of the university helped in the deportation of Jewish men, women, and children directly into gas chambers and concentration camps. Awful. So, at the end of World War II, the university obviously went underwent an extensive denazification. And then, you know, moving forward, what else was going on? in moving into the cold war and then the annexation of germany and a huge mess huge mess but through all of this the university has survived and still exists and collects many many students oh great um so here's where some of the hauntings happen um during the nazi era many professors from heidelberg were sent to concentration camps and it has been claimed that within their old classrooms the chalkboards will erase themselves and they're often covered in mysterious words oh boy yeah that's creepy is there pictures <laughs> um i don't know oh. i'm sure there probably are I that would be so cool to see Mm-hmm. and as a result of the many women that were brought to the medical center as mm-hmm. part of the eugenics experiments and the sterilizations to this day students claim that they can still hear women crying and screaming oh gosh mm-hmm. and it's also said that in university square where all the books were burned in 1933 students can students have said that they still smell burning leather and smoke oh wow mm-hmm. that's crazy yeah and also uh the heidelberg university lecture hall that is apparently where most of the hauntings have occurred and that is where most of the erasing chalkboards appear ah very sad 
so creepy. Yeah. So it's primarily lots of people hearing screams, the chalkboards erasing, the smell of burning leather. It's uh, it's it's real, real creepy. But wow. Yeah. Sad. Long history. A sad history. Mm-hmm. But today there are tons and tons of undergraduate, graduate, and um, doctoral programs. So Heidelberg. You are one interesting university. Yes. Wow. Yeah, that one was fun to read about. I mean, short of going through everything that went, that went on during the Reformation, but that's apparently not where most of the, the ghosts, the the ghosties have been reported. It's mostly been from people during World War II. It's, and yeah. The, yeah. I'm surprised, actually. I know, but apparently not a lot of really <laughs> awful things. Well, I guess, I mean, the Reformation was not not overly... I don't know. Not quite as sordid of a history as World War II. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Well, my next one, <laughs> I'm definitely going to shorten this. <laughs> um, it's uh, in our hometown here, uh, and it's a Cal State Channel Islands. My alma mater. <laughs> I have a few people that I know that went here and also graduated here. Um, My graduate program is here too. And I definitely wanted to talk about this school because of its little history and just all the stories that I've heard from other people who have gone there. I know you have some stories too. Mm -hmm. Um, So yeah, definitely feel free to chime in. (laughs) Um, I'm just going to mention just a few um, like stuff that I researched, but also like, um, what I've heard from other people, but um, just a little uh, background history of Cal State Channel Islands. Um, so the first buildings of the campus were built in 1934 as part of President Franklin D. Roosevelt's New Deal during the Great Depression. Um, and this was a public works project to house the uh, Camarillo State Mental Hospital and provide work for the unemployed. So him just trying to help out. Um, uh, The construction teams uh, utilized several thousand laborers, excuse me, over the course of three years in their endeavor to create everything from the hospital itself to a power plant, uh, local utilities, and uh, animal husbandry farm and farm facilities that would eventually support a vibrant vibrant complex of patients and staff numbering into the thousands uh, during normal weekday operations. Um, And this hospital operated uh, from 1936 to 1997. So I'm going to, and I'm definitely going to get into that a little bit later. Um, Planning for the university began in 1965 um, when the state senator Robert J. I can't, I can't say his last name, <laughs> Lago Morsino. You did fine. There we go. He uh, co authored a, a Senate bill, uh, 288, calling for establishment for a four year public college in Ventura County. And Governor Pat Brown signed a bill authorizing a study for a state college for the county. 
1974, Dr. Joyce Kennedy established the um, the UC CSU uh, Ventura Learning Center in Ventura as a partnership between UC Santa Barbara and Cal State University Northridge. Um, she went on to serve as uh, director of the CSUN uh, Ventura campus for more than 15 years, and the Ventura Learning Center became the CSUN Ventura campus in 1988. Um and then uh, in 1996, uh, Jay Handel Evans began as planning president uh, charged with beginning development for a for the um, university. In September 1997, the uh, CSU Board of Trustees voted unanimously, unanimously uh, to accept the former Camarillo State Hospital site for the purpose of transforming it into CSU's 23rd campus. So there's that. Um, and so basically, oh, in August uh, 1999, the Ventura Learning Center uh, moved to the Camar Camarillo site, as now is uh, CSUN uh, CI. So there is that little background, um, what became, what is now Cal State Channel Islands. And now, so just a little background on Camarillo State Mental Hospital. There are so many stories. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, fun fact, um, a very close family friend, my grandmother, my granny, used to tell me these stories. <laughs> One of her like very, very close friends actually was here or went there. And I lived to tell the tale. <laughs> she used to tell me stories all the time of just uh, the people that were there and how... Like, it was just, it was not a nice place, apparently. So, <laughs> um, but the, so the hospital um, was both for the uh, developmentally disabled and mentally ill patients. Um, it did close in 1997, but there is a, a lot of history um, where there were just, treatments that weren't really like authorized <laughs> um but they didn't do a lot of like yeah. the i think that there's a lot of i went there i can attest uh <laughs> there's a lot of um anecdotal stories about you yes. know lobotomies and stuff like that yes that didn't happen it was mostly they did a lot of electroshock therapy yeah the electroshock yeah therapy which was one. which was authorized at the time but it's not like you know they were experimenting on people like it was depicted in in um house on haunted hill and stuff oh yes that's <laughs> um but so the the closure of the hospital um it basically was a result of uh, economic strain and um just a changing outlook on mental health. So on May 17th, 1996, Governor, Governor Pete Wilson empowered a special task force to research uh, reasons for and against the closure of the Camarillo State Hospital and Development Center. Um, the task force cited that the facility, which housed as many as uh, 7,266 patients in 1954, had only uh, 871 clients in 1996. Uh, its uh, per capita costs had risen to nearly 114,000, second highest in the state mental health system. Um, and these factors promoted the initial closing of one quarter of the facility's 64 units. And later, on June 30th, 1996, uh, 
uh, cam officially and permanently closed its doors to the public. Mm-mm. Yeah. So um, one of the uh, most uh, famous stories that you'll probably hear about the um, the Camarillo um, hospital is through the song Hotel California mm-hmm. by the Eagles. <laughs> um, some other things about this song. Uh, they said it kind of, I guess to listeners, there's many uh, different interpretations. Um, in the uh, 1980s, the Reverend Paul Risley of Cornerstone Church in Burlington, Wisconsin, alleged that, alleged, excuse me, <laughs> that Hotel California had referred to a San Francisco hotel that was purchased by Anton LaVey and converted it into his Church of Satan. Not true. Not true. <laughs> and, and the Eagles will deny yes. this, but it's always been rumored that this was that the school was the inspiration for the song. Yes. <laughs> but others say that it, the Hotel California is talking about Kim Rio State Mental Hospital. Mm-hmm. Um, however, Glenn Frey and Don Henley uh, denied that the story in, the, in denied the story in the documentary History of the Eagles. But it's possible that the site did inspire the Eagles, but concerns over, like, retaining the Hotel uh, California trademark led their lawyers to recommend to the band members that uh, that they deny it. Um, indeed, they sued a Mexican hotel for using the name, settling uh, for an undisclosed amount. The Mexican Hotel California sued uh, by the Eagles for violation of the tra- trademark. It's only the biggest song in rock and roll right. history. <laughs> there was, I, I read something that I, once upon a time it was played somewhere on the radio every 12 minutes or something like that. Oh my God. That's why? how popular that song is. <laughs> I mean, it's, I a, mean, great, I, it's, it's a, a great song, but I don't want to hear it. It's, like It's an amazingly written song. Oh yeah, that too. Like it's, yeah, it, it's an amazingly written song. It I just, love singing it. It's it's been played a lot. <laughs> yes, <laughs> but um, if you look at the cover of the uh, 1976 Hotel California album, um, and the the skyline of the Cal State Channel Islands campus, there's definitely like uh, some similarities. Yeah, definitely some similarities. And then, I mean, and just going a little bit into the uh, song lyrics, you know, where in in the part I don't want to sing it. <laughs> I was, but I changed my mind. (laughs) Um, uh, The part where, um, uh, basically where he's talking about where ghosts and demons roam, mirrors on the ceiling, the pink champagne on ice, and she said, "We're, we're all just prisoners here of our own device. That whole part, basically, that's why, you know, people have said that it's definitely talking about the Camarillo Mental Hospital. Well, and you, the main line is, you can check out anytime you like, but you can never leave. Yeah. Yeah. That part. Yep. That part, for sure. Yep. <laughs> so, there's that. But, you know, they I guess they'll still deny it or not. But I, I agree that it's definitely about it, just hearing all the history. Oh, yeah, man. Uh, but, okay, so getting into the creepy stuff. <laughs> um... I know one of the main stories that I heard, um, and this is just from people who, you know, live in this area, who have, you know, gone out with friends to this particular um, location. Um, I mean, for all your all the other listeners out there, I was born and raised like in pretty much in the valley 
of California. <laughs> so coming to Camarillo and it's quiet or just in general Ventura County, it was kind of nice <laughs> to get away from the hustle and bustle. Well, it's nice that we're close enough to Los Angeles that we can go there all the time. Mm hmm. And get in trouble if we want, but then yes. the trouble doesn't fall. Well, apparently home. you can get in trouble over here, too. Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and one of the main stories that I heard about um, was about Scary Dairy. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if you've heard about yep. this, um, but uh, the dairy was built uh, next to the hospital um, basically just to kind of like allow the patients to grow vegetables or to work with animals just kind of as a uh, form of therapy. Well, and for those that don't know, uh, Camarillo and Oxnard, this whole area was the it's one of the main agricultural hubs of the west coast i yes. mean there's you go out to the toward the beach and it's nothing but fields the yeah. entire time lots of 4-h activity happening yes. out here <laughs> <laughs> um now i heard it's not there anymore no it's not okay because um i remember it was just like heavily vandalized and basically people were saying it's really unsafe to go there but as you know if you were like you know cool high school kid that was the place you would go so it, hear all the creepy ghost sounds now i don't know what you heard but a story that i heard was that when the hospital was open the orderlies would take some of the women patients there and that they would be very badly raped there or killed oh yeah that was a big rumor on campus okay I'm, I'm sure that there's some truth to it i, I mean yeah i wouldn't be shocked so, if there's some truth to apparently, it apparently and even if you go to this day, if you go in the area where Scary Dairy used to be, um, you can hear women screaming. Yeah. And crying and trying to cry out for help. Yeah, there were lots of those stories. And then you see, you know, obviously the the women walking around in kind of like the white gown and mm -hmm. so creepy. <laughs> but that was like one of the main ones that I heard. Mm -hmm. um, but... One of the uh, most famous ones is the the building where the rumor of the shock treatments happened mm -hmm. and other humane, uh, inhumane uh, practices um, happening. They said that particular uh, building is extremely haunted. Um, it's the, uh, I'm 90% I'm sure that that's the building where the science lab is yes. now. Yes, yes. And most most of my classes were there. <laughs> <laughs> now, they said that um, students and other teachers uh, describe all kinds of like just weird things happening. But um, some of the reports involve uh, apparitions, moving objects, voices. They get headaches, uh, nausea, dizziness and feel uh, fatigue. That's just... <laughs> but also when you're when you're a college student it's hard to tell if your nausea and dizziness and fatigue is stress and and sleep deprivation right. <laughs> like, seriously how do you tell them apart well because true story like i, I, I i'm reading I'm, as you're saying that i'm like yep 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 uh but also i was just really tired when i was right. a college student <laughs> that's how i felt <laughs> seriously right? no college student sleeps we know this <laughs> i mean i don't know um it's like that episode of saved by the bell where she takes the caffeine pills <laughs> no well okay so this was before i learned about caffeine pills so i would just eat coffee grounds oh i did that 
just to stay awake yeah well like i i used to do the um the chocolate covered coffee beans well i saw i got it from inspiration from um patricia arquette in the third nightmare on elm street movie when she was trying to stay awake i'm like i wonder if that really works (laughs) did it work for you i mean (laughs) i don't know if it was the the coffee grounds or sheer not wanting to have to take that class again but like don't fail you'll have to take it again oh my gosh i can't survive another semester of this bullshit pardon Uh, my german yeah (laughs) um but other students have said they've seen even ghostly children um running around and laughing in the dorms Mm mm-hmm that is so and also being in the dorms uh randoms random doors uh opening and yes, shutting yes, by themselves yes but like slamming yeah there was lots of that and then also um tampering with the lights and changing the channel of your television that i didn't know yeah apparently there's a lot of that a lot of the kids messing with you lots of um <laughs> lots of slamming doors <laughs> lots of light problems um and there's also um they're saying in the the bell tower which is um or just kind of around that area um supposedly there is a ghost of a man who appears in the stalls of one of the women's restrooms oh god but you can only see his legs and then they disappear when you open the door didn't see that thank god (laughs) i lost my mind um uh, also there is a woman around the bell tower um, who asks for directions to the chapel and then she disappears. Aww. But obviously there's a woman, there's been reports of women in hospital gowns who silently scream before they just vanish. Uh, there's also ghostly janitors that are walking around. Um, there's uh, also a uh, bus stop near the bell tower that is also haunted by a ghost. But mainly, you know, su- no surprise that woman in white it's like very you know popular thing they're everywhere <laughs> um and then also um but the woman in white is mainly they think it's a a nurse um and she kind of roams the the bell towers like hallways and then when you try to approach her then she just disappears it's so creepy sounds accurate <laughs> um but uh one of their f- most famous uh phantoms is the jazz musician charlie bird parker i was hoping you were gonna tell this story yay um he stayed as a resident for six months in uh 1946 1947 uh parker had a big drug and alcohol problem and in june 1946 uh entered the lobby of hollywood's civic hotel completely naked playing his saxophone sounds like a good time Mm -hmm. Uh, (laughs) he was sent back to his hotel room where he lit a cigarette fell asleep and subsequently then his uh set his bed on fire that probably is not that fun Uh, (laughs) the judge sent him to uh the camarillo state mental uh institution and then uh upon his release he recorded the famous song relaxing at camarillo but apparently uh there have been uh late nights where um, students can hear him playing his saxophone around the campus. Mm -hmm. Um, Also, another super haunted location um, is the library. And that's where the former morgue was located. The library? I did it again. (laughs) (laughs) The library. We have... So... <laughs> Quick side note, um, we have a friend that we love dearly who says supposedly a lot. 
And so now Jared says it to me all the time as a joke, but now he's saying it so much that I'm doing it. No, no. <laughs> and, now, and now you're going to say. Supposedly. Uh, now how I say library. 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 Going to go to library. Anyway. <laughs> that was <laughs> where the morgue was. <laughs> so, you know, if you're doing some late night research, which you probably did, I'm assuming. Oh, God. You were located where the morgue was uh, so that's why creepy stuff happens there. there was you know what um i and i'm sorry if you're gonna talk oh about no no this. go ahead no. no there was uh, in that library lots of like books coming off of the shelves yes yeah okay sorry mm-hmm. continue no no <laughs> i was gonna ask you what what were some of the things that you experienced i know you had some stories you know the weirdest thing there's two two weird things in the library um books that are coming off the shelves like with no expl- explanation at all um like there would be nobody anywhere near them um and you know how sometimes if you pull out a book and you put it back but you don't quite put it back all the way like duh it's gonna fall off if somebody breathes on it too hard <laughs> but there are lots of books like big books falling off of shelves you know the other weird thing was um the sounds of pages turning really fast but no other pa- nobody else would be in there <laughs> yeah the sounds of like somebody flipping through pages but there were no books being flipped through very creepy yeah <laughs> I mean, I know a few people close that have been here. Well, so I went um, for a friend's graduation and I did experience something really creepy there, just myself. And so I was walking towards one of the water fountains just to get Mm -hmm. a quick drink. It came on by itself. I didn't touch it. Creepy. (laughs) And I heard the creak of like... The button or the little twisting like being yeah, yeah, yeah. turned on to turn the water because oh, they had all the old like yeah. real old water fountains and mm-hmm. stuff but i i didn't touch it <laughs> you're like i wasn't buying but guess what i didn't drink that water because <laughs> i might be possessed by something <laughs> but yeah so that is the history of cal state channel islands and anybody that has attended there Please definitely um, also share your experiences. Yes, share your stories because I'm sure there's a lot more than what I talked about. And and if anybody went to Scary Dairy when the actual like building was still there, I definitely want to hear those stories too. Someone um, a long time ago was trying to take me there, and I said a big hell no <laughs> because also you know I'm I'm black and I'm the first one to die. <laughs> So <laughs> I don't go into creepy places. Like even in college, all my friends are like, oh yeah, let's go to the, the, the abandoned, um, children's, uh, asylum and all this stuff. I'm like, hard no, no. Number one, abandoned asylum Two, creepy children. Yep. And also three, I'm black. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm not going. Nope. <laughs> I mean, I think the only thing that saved me at the time that I was, I was a virgin. I maybe would have got like hurt really badly but you would have survived right you may have like lost a little well, that's what i'm saying like i would have mm-hmm. just got hurt really bad yes so but i still didn't go in yes <laughs> but yes share your stories and also very selfishly if you did the three-year program that's the bioinformatics technology and business admin graduate degree please let me know how you survived it because i'm dying Ooh. oh boy yeah it's not fun i mean just you saying the words of it it's <laughs> I'm like, that's studying for that GRE got me like, (laughs) (laughs) like that is a lot. Well, the the point of it is to, um, it's supposed to be, if it's a three-year program and it's supposed to prepare 
science majors for higher level positions within um within like pharmaceutical companies or research companies and and blah 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 um but it's also hard um anyway so yeah the last one that i picked is gettysburg college oh i have a feeling i know why this is extremely haunted uh-huh there's a little thing that happened there <laughs> just a little thing called the battle of gettysburg right. <laughs> just a little thing it's nothing much i like to pick my colleges based on the most traumatic events possible that happened there yeah <laughs> um so Gettysburg College was founded in 1832, and it was a sister institution for the Lutheran Theological Seminary. Ooh. Both owe their inception to Thaddeus Stevens, who was a radical Republican and abolitionist from Gettysburg. So for those that do not know, and you haven't read history lately, we had a two-party system previously, although many of our founding fathers cautioned against a partisan system because mm-hmm. it would only create pain and strife and fighting within each other. <laughs> it's almost like they knew what was going to happen. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, but anyway, they're, you know, obviously Republican then is different from Republican now. Democratic Republicans versus Federalists, blah, 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 blah. Um, anyway. Thaddeus Stevens, radical Republican abolitionist from Gettysburg. So the college's original name was Pennsylvania College, and it was founded by Samuel Simon Schmucker. <laughs> Say that 10 times fast. <laughs> Samuel Simon Schmucker. You got to do it faster than that, though. It's I mean, hard. I mean c- did you just hear me say library? <laughs> <laughs> I did that time. You did good. <laughs> Because I, I was, I said it slowly instead of just like running through library. it. Library. Library. <laughs> um, so in 1839, seven years after Gettysburg College was first founded, doctors George McClellan, who was the founder of Jefferson Medical College, and uh, Samuel George Morton and a few others founded a medical school, the Pennsylvania Medical College, which is located in Philadelphia. So the school had many troubles and within four years forced all members to leave their posts. And after a failed agreement uh, to combine with the Philadelphia College of Medicine in 1858, which then closed in 1859 with the faculty being rolled into Pennsylvania Medical College, um, college was forced to close medical school in 1861. And then students from the seceding Southern states had to withdraw and return home without uh, leaving it without adequate revenue. Lots of financial problems during that Civil War. Um, So in June of 1863, Southern Pennsylvania was invaded by Confederate forces during the Gettysburg campaign. And many local militia forces were formed around the area between Chambersburg and Philadelphia to face the oncoming Confederate forces. So among these units was Gettysburg's 26th Pennsylvania Emergency Militia Regiment also known as Peemer. It's way easier to say. Yep. Um, And it was composed mostly of students from the college and the seminary. So the 26th Peemer was mustered (laughs) into service on June 22nd. Four days later, the students saw combat just north of town, skirmishing with advanced units of Confederate division commander Jubal A. Early. So casualties were light on both sides, but about 100 of the militiamen were captured and paroled. Mm. Mm-hmm. So then uh, let's get into the Battle of Gettysburg. 
So during, huh. yeah, during the Battle of Gettysburg, Pennsylvania Hall or the old dorm on campus was used as both a signal corps station and a field hospital. So due to its geographic position, it was used by both Confederate and Union troops during the battle for signal work and surgery. So it's so Mm. weird. Like, we hate you and we want to shoot you, but uh, when we're real sick and hurting and losing limbs and gangrene and stuff, yeah, we'll just, like, put a line down the middle. (laughs) Weird. Um. So then on November 19th of 1863, college president Henry Louis Bogher gave the benediction at the ceremony opening the National Soldiers Cemetery at Gettysburg, speaking immediately after Abraham Lincoln. Classes were canceled at the college as students and faculty walked with the parade to the cemetery to hear the now famous Gettysburg Address. So this walk was later recreated for the now annual tradition of the first year walk. Huh. Mm-hmm. That's very cool. Yep. So the college actually has quite the history with yeah. Dwight Eisenhower and Mamie Eisenhower as well. Oh, okay. So while he lived in Gettysburg, Eisenhower became involved with Gettysburg College and he served on the college board of trustees. He was also given an office where he used when re- which he used when writing his memoirs. Oh. Yeah, didn't know that. Um, so his old office is now named Eisenhower House, and it's occupied by the Gettysburg College Office of Admissions. Oh, very cool. Mm-hmm. And his grandson, David, and granddaughter, Susan, actually continue a certain level of family involvement with the institution, which is pretty cool. Yeah. Oh. Um, so today, the Eisenhower Institute, Institute, which is a nationally recognized center for leadership and public policy based in Gettysburg and Washington, D.C., is formally recognized as a distinctive program of the college. Oh. Mm-hmm. And uh, fun fact, because we were talking a little bit about um, famous alumni, my boo thing, Carson Kressley, went to Gettysburg College. Really? Yes, he did. He went to Gettysburg College. Mm, he sure did. That is interesting. I know. I thought he would pick something a little bit more fabulous. Right? I mean, not He's that it's not fabulous. An, he but seems more of an NYU type of guy to me. Right. But no, he went to Gettysburg. That would have been like my first guess. Right? <laughs> like, you seem more like you've been to Tish. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> I mean, I was going to go there. No. Hard. I'm glad I didn't, though. It's really student loan debt up the wall. Well, I mean, not only zoo. that, but just think of the year that I went. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would have been right in the thick of it. That's sad. Yeah. So it's a good thing I did it. Yeah. <laughs> Get old Tish. Yeah. Um, so y- let's talk about some of the hauntings next. Ah, yes, so, stuff. <laughs> so year in and year out, students claim to experience eerie and ghostly encounters all over campus. Um, Fox News, take this with what you will. <laughs> uh, Fox News named the Gettysburg battlefield as the sixth scariest place in the United States. I mean, I mean, that's like the one thing I'll agree with them on. Yeah, that's fair. (laughs) I mean, yeah, that's fair. I'll take that. Yeah. Um, And for those of you that watch Fox News, please don't hate. I also hate on CNN as well. Um, I hate on all of them. I hate on any partisan news (laughs) channel. (laughs) Um, So tourists from all over the country come to visit Gettysburg, not only to partake in the battlefield tours, but also ghost tours of the haunted spots in the town. 
So there's actually a book that I really want to read. Maybe we won't read it for book club, but I more just want to read it for funsies. So uh, it's by an author named Mark Nesbitt, and it's called The Ghosts of Gettysburg, Spirits, Apparitions, and the Haunted Places of the Battlefield. Oh. I mean, I would just like to go there. I mean, me too. I have so many places, in just in the U.S., that I would like to go just because for me, I, I feel, I mean, obviously not right now, mm-hmm. but later it would be more like accessible to me. You know where I am, no pun intended, dying to go <laughs> is Savannah, Georgia. Yep. Because it's so ridiculously haunted. Savannah is right under New Orleans for me. Yes. Like, I'm cool. Like, if we go there and then just well, hop on over to George- savannah there's a place in florida too that's supposedly the most haunted place in the country so maybe we just like fly into maybe we go to pennsylvania first we hit gettysburg okay we go down the coast and start hitting some of the haunted places we go over to florida for like a minute so that we mm-hmm. don't melt sorry florida we love you but we'll, we'll melt um go visit florida and then come back up to savannah and then go over to nola and then fly home okay I'm we just planned this. our trip. But I mean, if we're, if we're going to Pennsylvania, we got to go to Salem. Oh, hell yeah. I mean, I'm just saying, if it's we're already by. there. Yeah. We're, <laughs> we're, we've already made the 3,000 miles over to that coast. And then I can just come back and do DC like another time. Because that's the other trip too. You'll need like two weeks in DC. Oh, God. Only uh, no, a week of it just to go to the Smithsonian. Right. That's what I heard. Oh, yeah. Because that's my number one thing I want to do. Oh, yeah. But anyway. For oh, sure. <laughs> As we're planning our trips with everybody. <laughs> um, so in, in Mark Nesbitt's book, um, it contains several sightings of paranormal activity on campus, most notably at Pennsylvania Hall. So students and faculty have claimed to see a Civil War soldier at night standing guard atop a building. Um, he will often spot onlookers take aim with his rifle and then he disappears. Uh huh. Um, another occurrence happened when two administrators leaving the third floor for the first via elevator ended up in the building's basement. So there's actually a lot of students that have described this as well. And I found some student um, stories that I'll run through really, really oh, quickly. Um, so this same encounter a few students have experienced as well so when they when the doors opened they were faced with a horrifying civil war hospital scene with wounded soldiers and doctors running around and then when the two returned later with help the space had returned to its normal storage facility oh my god Mm -hmm. so uh one of the students who his name is john i found this on the univ not the universities but i found this on another website with encounters of of Uh, Gettysburg College so his name is John and he described this encounter that took place while he was working as a secretary in Penn Hall in 2003 so he said I took the elevator and when it opened there was a full working Civil War hospital in the basement with like lights people walking around working soldiers I swear to god I just looked at it like I was in a movie and I just stared the elevator door then shut creepy so creepy (laughs) um so then also going back to another lone sentinel um who presumably is the ghost of a soldier he's often seen marching penn hall real creepy and then stevens hall which was built in 1911 was built to another campus campus ghostly legend so the dormitory was originally used as a prep school for girls who would later enter the college and it's notably the most haunted dormitory on campus and residents over the years have described their eerie experiences 
So this one's from a gal named Amanda. And she says, during uh, field hockey preseason last year, I was the only one living in Stevens Hall. One night I heard footsteps down the hall and above me when I looked around the next day, there was no one else in the dorm. She was the only one there. Oh. Yeah. And then um, Stevens Hall is also famous for being haunted by a ghost named the Blue Boy. So the legend goes that one freezing winter night, a few girls snuck an orphan into their room to help him stay warm. When a house mother unexpectedly came in, they shoved the orphan onto the third story window ledge. And when they went to let him back in, he was nowhere to be seen. And it's never clear what happened to him, but the apparition of his blue face pressed against the window is what people see now. Oh my God. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh boy. Yeah. And then um, lots of stories of alarm clocks going off when people didn't set them. Um, lots of people that f- hear the sound like really terrible sounds like people being dragged across the floor. Oh, like, you know, soldiers and stuff being dragged. Um, lots oh, of people experiencing physical things. So one gal said that she woke up one night to feel pressure on her chest and Ooh. that's, and then she heard more dragging. Um, yeah, it's no, thank you. No. And then, um, <laughs> lots of knocking sounds that happen between 12 AM and 4 AM. Yeah. You know, lots yeah. of, lots of fun knocking. Um, <laughs> Let me in. Mm -hmm. And just a couple of other fun facts. So between July 1st and July 3rd, 1863, during the Battle of Gettysburg, it's estimated that 51,000 Union and Confederate soldiers died. Wow. That's a lot of potential ghosts haunting one spot. They're just hanging out. Yeah. Oh, man. Um, So that is the story of gettysburg college and if you would oh. like you can take a ghost tour that goes through the campus oh. um I, i'm sure they're probably closed now well, that's cool but, they offer that yeah but um post covid i'm sure right. that they will be open feel free to take one real scary <laughs> man mm-hmm. so many creepy universities mm-hmm. and i'm sure we're probably gonna do it definitely a a part two of this oh hell because yeah. I, I at least a part two i went down the rabbit hole as usual well, and i found so many <laughs> well the other one that i would really like to do and another one that I've, I've i didn't go there but i visited and i actually applied there was the university of toronto oh and we have a lot of listeners in canada oh. hey canada we love you um but i would really like to do that i almost did it but then gettysburg won uh, um, i mean yeah because history. Yep. <laughs> but uh, I would like to do that one as well. Because uh, they actually have a neurobiology program that I was applying to. Um, but then I ended up staying because it was expensive. Well. But yeah. So that concludes our Haunted yeah. Universities Part 1 episode. Yes. And again, um, also thank you to ZigZag for the suggestion. We love you, girl. Yes, it was a good one. And we're going to continue this on uh, later on in one of our episodes but also anybody that has attended any of these places and you have stories please please we would love to hear from you um i would love to like kind of like mention some emails or anything that we you know get like maybe in one of our next episodes so please email us at the at gmail.com and follow us on instagram our handle is the squad ghouls like us on facebook 
and re- and review us wherever you listen to podcasts. Yes, that was the other one. I'm like, there's yeah. one more thing I'm forgetting. <laughs> and also, don't forget our merch store. Oh, we got merch. Buy our we stuff. Got stuff. We got, got fanny packs. We got masks. We got totes. We got fanny packs. We, we got, got shirts. We got dog hoodies. Yes. You know your dog wants a hoodie. Oh, yeah. It's getting get cold. Yeah, it's getting cold. Colorado. We know you need oh, it. Oh, Colorado. <laughs> We're thinking of you. <laughs> Order our stuff. Yeah. Well, thanks, everybody. Creeper Real. And we'll scare you later. Goodbye. Bye.